Really getting folks to focus on this election that we're in the middle of now. I know you've been interviewing candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make sure that folks are voting and they understand the issues and talk to them about our, our efforts this year. Uh, which are what? So we actually spent two years out polling, talking to business leaders around the state, put that into really eight priorities for the next governor and the next members of the General Assembly to focus on if they want to continue to grow the state's economy. You know, Governor Deal has done an incredible job of giving us five years of being the best place to do business incredible economic growth, particularly in the metro areas. But there are issues that we still have to deal with if we want to continue to grow. And so we've created 8for18.com where you can see what those eight primary issues are. And then you can also see what the candidates for governor and lieutenant governor and both Republican and Democratic parties, what they have to say about those issues and their plans uh, in a very you know nonpartisan way for folks to really have a better understanding about the issues that they're facing. There is a conventional wisdom out there that, that seems to hold that what Georgia, its legislature specifically, might do is screw up a pretty good thing. And the idea being that, yeah, we got industry, business, jobs rolling into Georgia at an almost unprecedented pace, if you really want to look at it and look at it in certain ways, uh, that things are going in a really positive way economically right now. Legislature, don't screw it up, some seem to be saying. Things like religious liberty, some of the immigration legislation that's being discussed. Does the chamber take specific positions on those types of issues? We do, Tim. I mean, we just did a, a poll, of, a survey of our members, and 89% said of one of, one of our biggest priorities should be protecting the brand of the state of Georgia. And so while we don't weigh in on social issues, if there are issues that cast us in a bad light, make it difficult for companies to hire people, uh, then we do engage. And, you know, I think what's interesting is watching Republicans and Democrats at the Capitol. Yeah, you have some of those issues that bubble up, particularly in election years on the left and the right. But generally what you see are bipartisan efforts to improve the economy because at the end of the day, politicians know if people have more money in their pocket, if they pass the tax credit, uh, if they pass, pass a tax break, if folks have the opportunity to get a good job, then they'll reelect them and they'll have a good feeling about the, the government. And we're seeing that in many parts of Georgia. Rural Georgia is still struggling, and we have to have some very specific initiatives there. But overall, we see the members of the General Assembly generally cast aside the extreme and focus on really what's good for the economy. Uh, Chris Clark, President CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. You mentioned rural Georgia. You and I, as it turns out, uh, from basically the same place in South Georgia, not terribly far away. You from Fitzgerald, me from Cairo down in Grady County. I'm down there regularly. You are down in that part of the state regularly. Man, something happens when you get south of Macon that's almost, to me, a native of South Georgia. It's, it's almost depressing. And you, you look at what's going on, and more to the point, what's not going on there. You dig into some of the data. You find that some of those counties there have literally lost population since the Civil War right. and continue to lose population. What, if anything, can be done or should be done? So uh, and I'll give you, I'll put those numbers even into starker context for you. If we're going to add 1.5 million people to the state of Georgia over the next 12 years, 84 counties in rural Georgia will lose uh, population. Wow. We're going to add a million jobs to Georgia over the next 12 years, but 74 counties in rural Georgia will lose jobs during that same time. So it is dramatic. Uh, after the last uh, um, recession, we just did not recover the way that the urban areas did. And this isn't just South Georgia. It's, it's all of rural America. Uh, it is really distressing, but, but part of the problem is, is that the, rural, the urban areas have really sucked up the millennial workforce. 
You know, it's not always about location now. It's about where can I get workers, where can I get talent. And so we really work with local local small communities, rural communities, about how do they improve quality of life, how do they improve schools, hospitals, uh, downtown, so that they can keep those young men and women, so they can keep the Zoomers when they start to graduate <laughs> in a few years, to really build back up that general workforce, and how they do a better job of starting their own small businesses, how we do a better job of helping agriculture, which largely gets ignored in the economy, but it is such a incredible driver. I love the statistics that that uh, there's one county in South Georgia that can feed all of Gwinnett County for a year and have food left over. Well, and, and for and others, part of that you know? is you, know, you, you become the victim of your own success in yeah. terms of agriculture and agricultural efficiency. Uh, it, it, fewer and fewer people needed to f- feed more and more of us. That, that's right. But now we need to talk about you know precision agriculture and how we process that. I still talk to farmers in South Georgia that send their products to be processed in Ohio. So how do we get those mm. processors back here? How do we we build that? And so, you know, we, we really do need to look in the coming year, and I give the Georgia House a lot of credit with Speaker Ralston of really focusing. We had 18 bills uh, this year that focused on rural Georgia, everything from health care um, to broadband to railroads to military to tourism. Uh, we really need to look at how we update incentives for companies that move to rural Georgia, and we need to do a better job of focusing on regionalism. Uh, many of these rural communities, as they continue to lose population, just in the next couple of years, 25% of all of rural Georgia will be senior citizens. That's going to put an incredible crunch on local government. Now Chris Clark with us, uh, President and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. Begin this segment, some remarks you made uh, regarding the, the changing nature of Georgia's economy and the economy in general. Uh, we become more and more technological. You took us through, uh, what do we call it, the industrial age, the information age. What do you call it now, the age of so knowledge? The, this is the knowledge age. I mean, at the end of the day, the, you know, companies, you're creating content. Uh, you're you're inventing new things. You're creating new things. We're we're really moving into an age of makers again, uh, of small makers. That the 3D printer is going to revolutionize manufacturing, uh, and you really do want schools that are educating young men and women, both in K through 12 and in universities, for different skill sets to be ready to compete. I mean, just in the next couple of years, 50% of the workforce are going to be freelancers. You know, they're not going to work like you and I have for mm-hmm. the same company for multiple years. They'll work, and they won't even work for a company for a year and then move. They work for four or five companies at one time. As independent contractors. Exactly. And so they're going to need entrepreneurial skills. You know, how you manage your own brand is going to become very important. How you, you, you leverage automation and analytical problem solving. How you communicate what you're learning from STEM. All those things are really going to have to change the way that we educate students. And I think that's going to be one of the big issues for the next governor. We have to be a 21st century talent hub, which means we have to recruit talent from all over the world and we have to better prepare the students that are growing up here to really be talent in this new this new environment. We used to talk about talent being folks that were on the radio or on mm. TV. Now it's folks that are working in every part of your company. They truly are talent. It's not just the workforce skills. It's what they bring uh, so far beyond uh, what we've traditionally thought about skill sets in the workplace. To that point, yeah, it's one thing. I always say this, uh, you know, and, and this is hardly unique to me here, this observation. The government that's that's closest to home is best. I used to date my state rep. I've never dated my congressman. <laughs> Don't think I ever will. Uh, and it, But, I mean, you, you rub shoulders every day, literally, with those folks who are in the legislature. You don't see your members of Congress quite so often. 
You don't, but I tell you, we've got a great delegation in Georgia. They do come home a lot. They're working more on issues, I think, that impact us at the local level more than ever before. But it is important for us to go to D.C. to make sure they understand the issues that are important to Georgia businesses and Georgia communities. But at the end of the day, most of what we do at the Georgia Chamber is lobbying on behalf of our 40,000 members at the Georgia Capitol. Is Amazon coming to Atlanta? <laughs> we uh, I mean, like you know. Yeah, okay, you're going to tell us. Break the news. This morning. Break the news this morning. Hey, we're very enthusiastic. We're optimistic. Uh, Amazon has finished their visits uh, to the to the locations um, uh, around the country. Those 20 cities that they noted. So the general uh, the general consensus is that they'll narrow that down to four or five communities and then start negotiations. But listen, this is Amazon. <laughs> this is a very different way to do economic development. They could just make their announcement, uh, you know, tomorrow yeah. without any without any knowledge. Normally, economic development is done, you know, behind the scenes, closed doors. I remember the first time Amazon looked at a location in Georgia for a distribution center. You know, you, they, you couldn't say who they were. They were dressed in all in black. They didn't carry cell phones. They had fake names. They had blacked out tags. You never would have guessed who they were in a million years. And this is just front page of every newspaper. So oh, listen, I can bring that home. I, I learned about Caterpillar coming to Athens the day before the announcement was made. And I kind of stumbled on it by accident then. I mean, it was, right. it was, they were, you know, the people, and there were a lot of people who were able to keep that secret and keep that pretty close to the vest. But it brings me back to an interesting point. We were talking before the break about all of the high tech things and the changes in technology that these, these kids now. I mean, the, the kids now that have grown up literally with phones in their hands and computers in their laps, uh, you and I had to learn that stuff. They, right. they, it's, it's, it's part of their nature now. For all of that, uh, one of the biggest economic drivers in this town, beyond obviously the University of Georgia, is folks who make tractors. Right. Uh, one of the biggest economic drivers in all of Georgia is folks who make cars at the Kia plant. Manufacturing, we don't think of it, but it's still a big thing. Yeah, manufacturing is huge, and we see, particularly with the federal tax bill, we'll see more manufacturing repatriate back to the U.S. Uh, we're seeing more manufacturing projects around the state, but those manufacturing jobs are very different. I was I toured the Kia plant again a, f- a few weeks ago, and seeing it today than how, even how it was when we opened it, you know, 10 years ago is really dramatic. Those men and women in there, many of them are actually operating the robots, you know, who are cutting the metal. Uh, it's very high tech. Uh, it's a very different set skill set than the old four plant was downtown. Do they need to worry that they're 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 going to be replaced by machines? I don't think so. I, th- I still think you you need people to run the machines and you need that hands-on touch and that quality control that robots don't give us yet. But these young workers that are coming into the market, they have to understand that that part of what they're going to do is be pro, you know, they're going to programmer. They might be in manufacturing, but they're programmers at the end of the day. Uh, it's just a, a very different way to look at it, but manufacturing is on the upswing and we are very optimistic and bullish on manufacturing. And listen, manufacturing is not going to go to metro areas, right? They're going to go to those rural communities. And so just like tourism, uh, it's going to be really one of the saving graces for many of our rural communities. By the way, you can have that same technology conversation when it comes to farming now. There are sure. farmers who can sit in their living room and irrigate, irrigate their fields you know, right. from their smartphone, for crying out loud. And they've I mean, got drones. How, yeah, right. exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, Chris Clark, president and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. The legislative session ended, what, about uh, well, a couple of months ago, almost two months ago. Now, the good and the bad and the ugly that came out of that, what do you like, what do you not like? So uh, it was, listen, in an election year, you generally go in, you play a lot of defense. There were some bills that were introduced that were 
to appease the base on the far left and the far right. Those bills mainly fell by the wayside. The General Assembly really focused this year. I was, I'm very proud of them. You, you think about some of the big wins. For the first time in Georgia's history, they fully funded K-12 education. Absolutely remarkable, and what a, a, a testament to Governor Deal as he leaves office. Uh, for, since The first time since 1937, Tim, <laughs> they cut our our individual taxes. Yeah. I mean, you know, next year a quarter percent and the following year a quarter percent. And that's everybody that works for you. That's everybody out there that's making an income today are going to see that that tax cut. Uh, they had multiple bills to help rule Georgia. Um, they dealt with two things, quite frankly, that I think are fairness issues. One is to create a uh, – there's a constitutional amendment that you'll be able to vote on in November to create a statewide business court. Right now, if you're two businesses and you have a legal issue and you're in Atlanta, you get to go to a special business court, save money, save time, stay out of the normal court system. But the rest of us the re- over the rest of the state don't get that same opportunity. So if we vote for that in November, we'll be able to do it. And then another fairness issue is the General Assembly uh, passed a a strong bill this year to protect our downtowns and our local businesses by making – making sure that everyone that sells online over a certain amount pays t- uh, sales tax, which right now a lot of people go around which that. Which takes so, us back to Amazon. And <laughs> it does, which I, I'm happy to say Amazon has been collecting sure. those sales taxes uh, since their nexus in Georgia years ago. But, no, so overall a very positive session. Uh, you know, they, they passed a clean adoption bill. Uh, that the governor said was a priority. Uh, they continue to work on criminal justice reform. Um, there's another interesting um, – constitutional amendment that I, that we're supporting, and it's called GOSITS, the Georgia Outdoor Stewardship Act. For many of our rural communities, you know, that state park, that wildlife management, that public fishing area, green space, that's a major economic driver. So what this constitutional amendment will do if it's passed is set aside existing state dollars that you might pay from taxes on a bass boat or a shotgun and put those toward taking care of wildlife and green space in Georgia. And so we think that's good for the economy as well as good for quality of life in a lot of our communities. I'm looking behind you there. we got the Fox News Channel on. They're reporting that an asteroid is going to blow past the earth tonight assuming we survive that the elections of next week uh does the does the georgia chamber take positions do you i know, I know you don't endorse candidates in my experience that you don't do you will you we, we do we okay. do this is a historic election we have endorsed many candidates in the house and the senate uh candidates that are pro-business that are working hard for georgia statewide we've made two endorsements so far we've endorsed ken hodges who's running for court of appeals and trisha pridemore who's running for uh, public service commission public service commission and chuck eaton as well who's running for public service commissioner so what we do people can actually go to our website they can see those endorsements they can also see how the candidates running for those higher offices uh their position on these various issues that are important to the business community we've not endorsed in those top races we'll probably wait till after the primary or the general and make a decision if we engage at you that know point. well here's here's what if i didn't know anything else about the georgia chamber of commerce if all i knew we're talking with chris clark president and ceo of the georgia chamber if all i knew was what i read on facebook and twitter i would <laughs> i would social media i would i would conclude that the georgia chamber of commerce is a republican but kind of squishy about it they're they're those middle of the road country club type republicans pro-business republicans not really big on the social issues I, I, how much of that's accurate so I, i'd like to think of it as being very bipartisan and nonpartisan. We work awfully hard. Uh, our scorecard, I'm, I'm happy when we have a majority of Democrats in the Georgia General Assembly get an A. Uh, it means that, that we've done a good job of explaining to them the issues that are important to the business community. Uh, we obviously are fiscally conservative. Uh, you know, we like lower taxes, but we also realize when there's an issue like transportation that we need to invest in. That's part of what the public does. And so, yes, a lot of what we do 
is government, you know, is, is focused on lobbying at the Capitol. But, uh, you know, the other part of what we do, we're we're out there helping recruit companies to the state of Georgia, making sure the, the business climate is right, because at the end of the day, we want everybody in Georgia to have a good quality quality job. And I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, as long as you want that same thing and you want to help small business, help grow the economy, then we want to work with you. I, I know you saw this yesterday, Supreme Court ruling that says states can now decide the issue of sports gambling. Now, did, does, and I'm seeing head lines. Well, that reopens the door for casinos in Georgia. Did right. the chamber, does the chamber have a position on casinos So in our position when this issue started three years ago, we, we worked, listened, surveyed our members, talked to our local chambers, and here's our position. It's twofold. One, um, the voters of Georgia should have the right to make that decision. Uh, and if they do choose to make it at the local level and they want some type of gambling in their community, those proceeds need to go back into education for the state of Georgia. You know, we are worried long term uh, about paying for folks to go to Hope or, or, or our K through our, um, you know, early childhood education in Georgia, and we need to make sure that those resources uh, are directed to the right places as they are in many other states. Big question. You only got about 30 seconds to answer it, so this really isn't fair, but I'll throw it out there anyway. <laughs> 30 seconds, you got one problem that has to be solved over the next 10 years, one challenge that has to be met over the next 10 years for Georgia to grow and prosper and continue. What would that be? I'd, I'd say making sure that we recruit, retain, and train the next generation of talent. It's going to be the difference maker in our rural communities, but it'll be the difference maker in the, the Athens and the Gwinnetts and the, the Fulton counties of the world. If we don't have young workers that are on the cutting edge of technology and that can go out there and change the world and invent new things, we're not going to be successful 10 recruit, years from can't now. Can't we grow them here in Georgia? Absolutely. We've got them in our school systems. We need to keep them here. We need to let them grow where they're planted. But at the same time, we're going to continue to have people move here because we're a great place to live, work, play, and pray. But we need to make sure we, we have the right people here, but we really have to focus on that next generation of, of work. Mm-hmm. 